People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk family with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or on our website to hear us three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And also follow us on Facebook. And if you want to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our soon-to-launch YouTube channel, and now on with this week's show. We're back again with you in the Brothers Talk family den, kitchen, barbershop, backyard, corner, or wherever you hold your relevant conversations to spur critical thinking and activism around support for the Black community. And we welcome our first-time listeners. We're glad you joined us. We look forward to having you become longtime listeners joining our worldwide family and helping us spread the word about this podcast that promotes critical thought, enlightened conversations, and new business opportunities to empower and enrich our community. Critical thinking for us as the Black community continues to be our most urgent need because there are so many relevant and necessary issues that we, the primary group that's thought of as people with color, face. If we don't make a point to think critically every day, We'll keep losing more ground while other ethnic groups continue to get ahead and more specifically ahead of us. We absolutely must not try to absolve ourselves of our responsibility to open our minds, our eyes and our hearts to what we have to do in order to do our part in controlling our destiny. And make no mistake about it. The reason why they keep killing us and getting away with it, the reason why they keep jailing us disproportionately, the reason why we keep getting taken advantage of in elections, education, healthcare, and financially is because we don't do the work of using our brains to stake out the best course of action for us collectively. Not using our brains makes us susceptible to the okie doke of empty gestures and tokens instead of substantive change. It's why we get photo ops instead of real investment, lip service instead of meaningful financial commitment, and an establishment that points to Barack Obama and Kentonji Brown Jackson, as well as Oprah, Jay-Z, and Robert Smith as examples of how we can make it while the average African-American household only holds one-tenth of the wealth of the average white household. And just to be crystal clear, we're not saying we have to agree on everything, but we do need to agree on the biggest thing, which is that the overall condition of the Black community must come first. We've got the most talented, the most creative, the most resourceful, the most resilient, and the most brilliant minds in the world among us. And it's truly a sin that our community lacks behind every other except indigenous people. And that's only because there are so few of them left. If we only start to use our minds critically and constructively, I can guarantee you we have the gifts and abilities to start businesses, wield political power, and demand that this nation repay us what we're owed for that 244 years of forced free labor. Lastly, of course, COVID is back in headlining the news because of the surge that we've been warning about. And in spite of the stupidity of Dr. Fauci, the hospitals are once again requiring everyone to wear masks, including the patients. And I don't know what White House or CDC idiot allowed Fauci to go out there 
and assumed he was speaking to adults instead of the third grade communication level, that's the American public. Why would he be allowed to parse his words and say that we're no longer in a pandemic phase, which only means that we're not seeing the pandemic size, new infections, hospitalizations, and deaths at the time, but we told you that spring break represented another super spreader buffet, and that's exactly what's happening. And because 81-year-old Fauci was allowed to shoot off his mouth, our majority dumb population didn't hear the phrase phase. They heard pandemic over, which is not what he said or meant. And by the way, not in a pandemic phase doesn't mean that we're still not in an epidemic phase. So Dr. Fauci, please shut up with the confusing, misleading comments that you're now trying to walk back. But as we know with stupid people, they'll run with the story they like. Now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Noah. Hey, family. Thank you, as usual, for your continued support. Uh, Rod said a mouthful, and I agree with pretty much everything that he said. Uh, he's definitely what's happening with the COVID or with the pandemic is flying under the radar. And we are just so arrogant in this country. And it's just not white people being arrogant. Black folks, too, in that. To say that we're done with the pandemic, I keep hearing people say, oh, I'm done with the pandemic. But the pandemic is not done with us. Uh, we have this increase. We we have people are not, they're not telling the truth. And that's what has happened to, in this country. You got a situation where you got a, a guy who is a pathological liar that people uh, knew he was a pathological liar. And he's out here lying. And people are repeating the lies, even though they know that he's lying and it's, and it's dangerous to the rest of the country. Uh, so we need to be diligent. Uh, the summer is coming up. Uh, Mother's Day's holiday is coming up. And hopefully we won't have a repeat of what had just happened uh, during spring break. Uh, hopefully people uh, take heed and, and practice safe distancing and wear their masks. But going forward, Black people, we say this every week. We got to start supporting black businesses. We got to start supporting each other. But more importantly, black people, we got to stop complaining about our conditions and start making an effort to change our conditions and let people continue to stop us so that we can expose what they're doing to stop us. Norm? Thanks, Scott. I just want to reference some things that Rod said, especially when it comes to po the politics in this country. We definitely have to be more strategic in our voting and the people that we are supporting in each of these parties. And especially the Black Caucus, we need real representation and we have to hold them accountable. Rod? So this week, we're looking at the foreign money issue. We've heard about the pleas from Ukraine for military assistance worldwide in their battle with Russia and Putin. But what is interesting in a really strange way for us is how the Biden administration can go to Congress and ask for 30 and $33 billion that they can suddenly find to send to help Ukraine. And that's just the latest example 
of how our tax dollars get funneled to foreign countries. We are still like the world's policemen by having and supporting the military in Japan and most of the NATO alliance. And so it just seems really odd that when there are other issues that need to be funded that we can't find the money to help the black communities to help the situation in Flint with the water, that we've got some dirt poor communities in Mississippi and Alabama that still don't even have plumbing and running water, but we can find this money to suddenly send to Israel, to send to Ukraine, to send to Japan, to NATO, and it's just alarming. And so that's what we really want to start to talk about today. You know, Rod, um, I would like to see, and I'm going to bring up this name, and uh, it's not one that I'm proud of right now, the Black Caucus. I like to see them point out all the things that you just uh, noted about the kind of money. If we just go look at a list, just itemize the kind of money that we're spending in foreign countries to help them prop up their uh, economy and their therefore propping up their communities and their neighborhoods, uh, we've been giving money to Israel since since the uh, the state of Israel was formed. Uh, the money that we spend in Iraq and and uh, um, Kuwait, forgot about Kuwait, Afghanistan, and Iraq. I mean, they don't even want to put a number on it. So we're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars that in hundreds of billions of dollars of equipment that we just left over there. You know, like, hey, you know, we're just going to leave this. It's cheaper to leave it over here. Uh, my thing is, now, now we're spending, I've heard, I know of three to four packages uh, uh, that we've sent to uh, the Ukraine to help them out. And I have no problem with that. I have no problem with helping Ukraine out. They need some help. But the problem I have is when you mention reparations for the 400 plus years that black people have been mistreated and brutalized in this country, people you lose their mind and start doing handstands and backflips and all kinds of craziness. When you say reparations, uh, the, inner, the inner cities have been just decimated with, with lack of tax revenue. And can you imagine what $100 billion would do to urban areas where black people are paying taxes, but we're not seeing, we're not benefiting from it. Other countries are benefiting from it. Why aren't we up in arms about that? Uh, I hear some people on the right wing, and that's one thing they do complain about is that we're supporting all these bases around the world and we got problems at home. But I don't hear that coming from our black elected leaders. Well, our, our elected leaders, basically black, white, yellow, brown, are supporting the military industrial complex. That's where they're getting many of their you know, donations in regards to their campaigning. So they're gonna support the machine that supports their candidacy. As, as you mentioned, we're putting this money out in countries all over the world, but do we actually know how much money is going in AFRICOM and how many countries that this government is now in, in the, on the continent of Africa? And no, we don't. Because that kind of information, I don't think they want to be clearly communicated. But going back to the points that you both made, 
is that you do have the Black caucus that ought to be speaking up for the monies that should be going to the Black communities. But to your point, Norm, this is one of those bipartisan issues that Democrats and Republicans alike seem to be in agreement with is how much money can we send overseas? And Scott, you made a point earlier that these are our tax dollars and nobody's consulting the taxpayers. It's like we can suddenly give the government carte blanche to just say, whoa, no, we want to send this money to Israel, to Ukraine, to Kuwait, all the places that you name. And that just doesn't seem to be representative government in my mind, that we ought to have some say as to where the money goes. I'm just even not so sure that we ought to be involved in the situation in Ukraine. I heard you say, Scott, you know, you don't have a problem with that, but I'm not saying I necessarily have a problem, but I'm saying I don't know why we should be involved in Ukraine. Russia nor Ukraine borders our country. So that seems to me like a European problem. Let them handle it. Why is it that we got to find 30 and $33 billion to send over there for something that literally nobody's explained how that's going to impact the United States? You know, I, I, I get that, Rod. I, I, I do. I understand what you're saying. But I also understand why they're doing what they're doing. Uh, you know, and that's what I said. I don't I, I have no problem with that because, you know, uh, like like um, I, I don't know. Somebody said to uh, who to much given and much expected, something like that. And so we're, we're supposed to be like the richest country in the world and, um, you know, helping other countries. That's fine. But I have the problem I have with this is we just somehow seem to find money all the time when there is some type of disaster someplace um, that seems to be when there's a tsunami or an earthquake or whatever it is around the world and maybe not even around the world when we when, when there are earthquakes i mean uh, and hurricanes and and tornadoes that decimate communities in this country we seem to be able to come up with money to rebuild those communities but somehow there's never any money to go into the urban areas into the inner cities and primarily where black people live to invest in those communities that's the thing that's really really concerning me and what's concerning me even more is our elected officials are not saying anything about it it's just business as usual well, if you invest your money outside this country, you don't have to pay taxes on it, except when you bring it back here. And wealthy people aren't bringing their money back. So basically, if they're fighting all these wars overseas and you invest your money overseas, you can keep it there. And that's probably part of the problem as well. Again, great points. And I just think about Hurricane Katrina and how quickly the monies flowed into New Orleans to build mm -hmm. up the French Quarter, but yep. the Ninth Ward, where the Black people live, is still basically uninhabitable because they can selectively choose where the money goes, but when it comes to us, that money all of a sudden dries up. And this is problematic because you don't have the voices speaking up, and I, I couldn't agree with your point more, Norm, I think we definitely have to be strategic about who we support and we have to get away from these big money candidates and find more people like 
the Corey Bushes and uh, the, the, the other members of the squad who, you know, effectively were regular everyday people that their communities got behind and sent them to Congress and they didn't forget how they got there. So they're still speaking up on a lot of these issues. And so I don't think there's anybody in the Republican Party because there's those folks are who they are. And any black person on that side, I'm sorry, you know, you're just one of those folks who is trying to go where you're not wanted. But even with the Democrats, we need to make sure that we get rid of the big corporate money Democrats who do not represent the interests that we have about making sure everything from reparations gets addressed to money coming back into the urban centers and to 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 divert the money there and question real seriously whether or not we need to be sending as much foreign money around the world. You know, um, all great points. The, the thing to me is I want to hear one of our elected officials, in particular, a black elected official, any black elected official, ask the question, okay, how is it and I know I can, I've been harping on this. How is it that we can call, always find money to help other countries in emergencies and disasters? And Rod, you mentioned that the 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 lead in the in the pipes, in especially what happened in Flint, Michigan. If that's not an emergency, if that's not something that needs to be taken care of, but yet, from my, my understanding, it just still hadn't been funded. But yet, we've been sending money, you know hands over fist to uh, Ukraine, Afghanistan, and Iraq, and Iraq. Not to mention, constantly we're still supporting those bases all around the world. But yet, right here in our backyard in Flint, Michigan, where there was a serious problem with lead and, and how it was impacting the development of kids, uh, nothing was done, simply because it was basically impacting mostly black people. And black kids. Well, I definitely agree with you. You know, the impact when it's going to impact minorities, the government is really not going to respond at all, pretty much. But the bottom line is, there's no profit in it for the wealthy. If there was some way that they could actually, you know, make some money off of the suffering of those black people and minorities in Flint, they'd be over there tomorrow. Just like the school systems, they can profit off of destroying our school system. So there's a lot of money there. There's a lot of action there. There's a lot of, you know, politics going towards public education in this country because that's a way that they can siphon off that money. They're not going to help the people of color in Flint because there's just no profit in it. And so you made another good point, Norm, in talking about the military industrial complex earlier. And that goes back to Scott's point about we support these bases around the world because we know that a lot of people get the misimpression that we're talking about not supporting our military veterans, but that's not our issue because this country doesn't support our own military veterans. They don't pay for the kind of health care they should have. They don't pay them the kind of salaries they have. They don't take care of the families like they should. That money that's being siphoned out of our tax dollars is going to fund the military industrial complex, meaning those defense contractors are getting filthy rich while our soldiers are still basically eking out a living 
And when they get back, they can't even get the kind of health care they get need to have, either mental health care or physical health care. So we want to be very clear that we're speaking particularly about the money that's going to enrich these defense contractors and not the military people who are serving. Uh, exactly. Uh, uh, you, you've got this situation where the school systems in this country are horrible. They've, they've been uh, uh, basically just denigrating right in front of our eyes for the last 30, 40 years. And we know, and they tried to put a patch on it by saying, oh, charter schools. And but, uh, but like I said, again, my, my concern is that we have elected officials that if we see this, if we see the disparity in money not going to our communities and the urban, urban, urban areas, and it's just not urban areas in our communities. You got rural areas where, you know, hospitals were being closed and uh, Biden and his administration are trying to save some of those hospitals, but they're not even investing in those rural communities because the family farms are disappearing in record numbers. Uh, everything, like you said, Norm, is geared towards big business and people who have money to make even more money. And for some reason, the masses have blinders on and not being told the truth, because if they were told the truth by reputable people, that probably would be an uprising. Unfortunately, if they, even if we told them the truth, they probably wouldn't believe it because they're so brainwashed to actually believe that the wealthy have their best interests at heart which is totally not true. But, you know, you see some of our representatives and they created an opportunity zone in many of the depressed areas in this country. They didn't create those for poor people to actually build up their communities. They created those for wealthy people to come in and invest in those communities tax-free and basically another form of gentrification to eliminate the poor in those areas and to really find new housing for the wealthy. So there you have it. That's our take on this foreign money issue. And we'd certainly like to know what you think. So remember, you can follow us, the Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And you can make your opinion known. In our Black Business Spotlight of the Week, in this, the first week of May, we want to encourage each and every one of you out there to not only go out, find, and patronize a Black business, but to encourage everyone you know to do so. Let's make May booming Black Business Month and see exactly how much of the $1.5 trillion we generate each year can stay in our community. We've got our relaunching Black Wall Street nationwide, one household at a time, in its second year. And let's put a laser focus on what happens when we put our minds to it in this, our 120th episode of the podcast. So that's a wrap for another program. God willing, we'll keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. Until next time, as always, we sincerely appreciate your time and interest. Know that we'll never take it or you for granted. And remember, let's do better today because that's all we really have.